0: STORIES, FABLES, GHOSTLY TALES A house that haunts. Or is it the land that's haunted? Perhaps both. A technological triumph that ensures you comply and two sides of the same Nephilim coin. Welcome, listeners, to your listener-submitted stories. Oh yes, we have four stories for your lovely ears, and I'm excited to bring them to you. There is nothing I love more than having my listeners, and me, getting a chance to narrate them. Oh yeah. But before I start, today, mates, I'm drinking spiced apple chai tea. Let's have a quick read about how it tastes. I always love reading and then tasting the tea, and sometimes the description versus the flavor is completely disparate, and sometimes it's on point. Let's see. Spiced Apple Chai. The best spices of the Silk Route meet freshly plucked apples. Then we pop the whole lot in the oven, and out came this fragrant baked delight, a heavenly cup to cuddle in the colder months. This black tea beauty serves up mouthfuls of hot sweetly spiced apples encased in buttery pastry. This sip is the definition of cozy. Perfect for what I need right now because it is raining outside and it's a bit chilly. So yes, it's just as delicious as it's described. So grab your own hot beverage, make it a coffee, tea, whatever it is, bring it close, relax, and let our stories today slowly creep in. I Was Standing Alone By Asthma I was standing alone. The brick wall was cold against my flesh. It was early in the morning, the sun just about to rise. The crisp morning air caused smoke to emerge from my mouth. My lungs felt like a freezer, cold and heavy. Or was it the cigarette I was holding wedged between my fingers, my hand dangling, swinging slightly side to side my hair tangled in notches that were difficult to untangle. After puffing the last of my cigarette, I let it go, stepping over its ignited light, as dead as a cemetery. Sliding down the wall, the rough, jagged concrete tearing at my skin, leaving stinging little marks behind it. My eyes fell to the ground, staring into nothingness, just the harsh, grey cement that made up most of the region. Rubbing my eyes, slightly, I decided to drag my body back to my car and make my way home before my mum wakes up and questions where I've been. I needed time alone. Does nobody get that? It's been two months since we moved out of our old house and started to make a living out in the country. My mum found an abandoned farmhouse and bought it without checking with me if it was alright. She said it had potential. It was run down a bit and full of junk. We managed to make it livable and fix the interior, but the outside was the most difficult. The walls were peeling, the grass was dry, and one window was broken. The backyard has a large cornfield, which does come in handy, and a barn sat lonely behind it. I hate this place. Acidic bile rose in my throat just thinking about it. How could she do this? Why did she think this was a good idea? Living in the middle of nowhere? No police? No shops nearby? I trailed my fingers across my forehead and stopped after reaching my temples, slowly massaging them from the throbbing pain that was slowly spreading across my brain. I'm just an internally damaged teenager who wants nothing but to return back to the old life. My old house. Shaking the thoughts out, or rather forcing them to leave, I staggered back to my car, sleep evident on my face. I drove home, silence the only thing accompanying me. It took me about ten minutes to arrive home, and by now, the sun had risen fully, shining like a crystal in the frozen atmosphere. I got out of my car, only to lean back on it, contemplating if I should light up another cigarette. It was tempting but I decided to head back in and rest. I slipped through the back door only because the front door would have woken up my mum. I stared outside the window, my eyes weaving through the long-stranded cornfield, but jolted to a stop when my eyes landed on a figure wedged between the corn. It was just standing there motionless, frozen in time. It was dressed all in black, and resembled the Plague Doctor. Its face was plastered with a long pointed beak and its eyes reflecting glimpses of the stale morning light. I shook my head and rubbed my eyes slightly and looked at the figure again. But it was gone, only the wind whistling and rustling in the background. Okay, maybe I was just seeing things now, I need some sleep, I think to myself. Although the encounter gave off creepy vibes, I let it slide as I slid back into my room and let sleep overtake me. Blood trickled down the walls, leaving stains of red behind and a slight metallic smell. I am paralyzed in my bed. I can't move, my eyes twitching and looking around as my neck wouldn't budge. My breathing heavy, and beads of sweat made their way down my forehead. My heart was pounding in my ears, my vision going out of focus, zooming in and out. Someone was talking to me. They were at my side, but I couldn't see who it was, only their shadow lurking in the corner of my eye. I slowly started to lose consciousness. Whispers echoed from all over the place, filling my surroundings with dread and tension. Slowly, the figure's voice became more audible, and they popped their heads in front of me, screaming, With a distorted voice, then hands started to appear all around me, from all corners making their way to my face. Trying to thrash for my freedom, I closed my eyes as their whispers grew louder. Screams filled my ears, evading my mind with that throbbing pain. It felt like a thousand needles were being plunged into my brain, filling it with numbness. My muffled screams were the last thing I heard when I jolted straight up and tumbled out of my bed. My head smashing first against the hard, cold wooden floor. I groaned aloud, rubbing the back of my head. I got up slowly into a sitting position, only to find my clothes drenched in sweat my hair was wet and my chest was heavy could it have been a nightmare it felt surreal but it was just a dream yes just a dream something that wasn't real i rocked my body back and forth contemplating what i should do slowly i lay down on the smooth wooden floor and scrunched myself up into a fetal position contemplating what i just witnessed. All I could think about was that I hated this. I just wanted to go home, my real home. I heard the thumping of footsteps heading towards my door. I quickly got up, pretending to make my bed, and that's when my mum barged in with a smile on her face. Good morning, come out, breakfast's ready. With that, she left, closing the door behind her. That was odd. My mom never came into my room without knocking, let alone woke up this early. It was around 7am, and she usually woke around 10am. Okay, something is definitely wrong with this house. I sensed it ever since I stepped foot in this place. It was just weird that we got it for such a cheap price. And what's weirder was that there were no neighbors around here in fact, there was no one around here for miles. Not unless you drove that distance. After finishing up and grounding myself, I headed up to grab my breakfast. I wasn't in the mood to eat anything. The lingering feeling of nausea invaded my body. When entering the kitchen, I was greeted by my mum's humming, which echoed off the walls, making it sound like I was in a horror film. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. When she sensed my presence, her humming stopped, only silence in the air. Her long brunette hair cascaded down her shoulders, exposing her neck. I crept closer, only to notice that bruising and heavy scarring stained her skin. Mum, are you feeling all right? I interrupted. She turned around, clutching a plate full of pancakes. Better than. Ever, she replied with an artificial smile that spread miles across her face while her eyes bore straight into mine. I didn't question her about the marks on her neck because I didn't want things to be any weirder than they are now. But one thing I know is that something has changed about her and the feeling I'm getting is putting me on edge. After about 10 minutes of chugging down my coffee and attacking the pancakes... I let myself out through the back door. I leaned back against the wooden exterior and slid a cigarette between my lips. It was colder than usual today. The sun still dimly lit the globe. Deciding to take a walk, I crossed the cornfield, zigzagging my way through it. The sun barely reached me as the corn hovered above me, hiding me from the outside world. Lost in my own thoughts, The rustling behind me snapped me back to reality. When I stopped, it stopped with me. When I continued to move slowly, it continued. I then heard it beside me. I gulped down the saliva that was forming in my mouth, the cigar still burning slowly in my hand. Hello? Who is is it? it? This This isn't isn't funny, you know. My voice cracked. (sighs) Get out these whispers filled my ears it was then when the rustling started coming from in front of me like someone running at high speed i ran through the corn with their tiny dry stalks slashing across my face i put my arms up to protect my face from the hundreds of corn bits flying at it when i tripped landing with a thud my head crashing straight onto the dry floor the rustling was still audible i turned around quickly only to be greeted by a strong gust of wind, like somebody was walking right through me. I looked around alarmingly, my head spinning in all directions, trying to process what the hell just happened. That's when it hit me, that this place must be haunted or something. My heart was racing, while I scrambled to my feet, my legs felt heavy as I was staggering out of the field. Something is wrong with this place, it was like it was tormenting me. I was surprised that I was still, gripping my cigarette, clutching it in my hand. It looked like I was too shocked to realize that the light had died and my palm had a large burn on it. It looked gruesome. Red, raw skin. Grey ashes still clinging around it. I shook my hand repeatedly and went to the barn. There is a tap down there. I would just wash my wound and it would help cool it down from the roaring, burning pain that it was now attached to. After reaching the tap, I let the cold water fall on the burn. It did feel slightly better. But I needed a bandage, and I was sure the barn had a first aid kit in it somewhere. Then, that's when I found myself facing the two large front doors, which were closed by a big metal latch. I opened it up, and pushed the doors forward. Inside was bigger than I expected, there was haystacks everywhere and buckets were scattered along the ground. I slowly examined the place, my eyes were wide with awe, but I remembered why I was here in the first place, to find the first aid kit. Going deeper inside, I spotted in the far corner, a green box hammered to the wall. I figured that this is what I was looking for. I jogged to the spot, my feet crunching on the dry straw below. Snatching it but fumbled, immediately dropping it, landing with a thud on the ground. It revealed a bunch of squirming insects hovering above a pink, gooey substance that looked like brain. I cringed at the smell that invaded my nose, and it smelt like rotten cabbage mixed with rotten flesh. I backed away, wanting to get away from that damn thing. And that's when I heard the bar doors slam close. There is no strong wind outside, and now I was standing alone, mostly darkness surrounding me. The scrunching of straw behind me was evident, and it shifted to fast-paced running. Something hit my head, and I lost consciousness. Blood-curdling screams were echoing around me, as the darkness slowly took me over. The Chip, by Tom... Keithley. It all began when I myself was a small child, no more than eight. Things were changing at a very rapid pace back then, you see. The world was going through both a time of great technological advancement, but also a lot of political and geopolitical change as well. In that way, things were painfully black and white. Either you were with one side or the other. Then technology made that divide even more painful. They began giving people microchip implants in the back of their hands. It acted as identification, and all your finances were connected to it. Go to the shop, gather your supplies, then scan your chip and go about your day. Convenient, yes, but it was only a matter of time before things took a more nefarious tone. I'm in my forties now with a wife and eight-year-old daughter of my own, working a minor position in the nation's parliament. It was never a question of, am I going to eat tonight? Because the pay was more than enough for a family of three to not survive, but indeed thrive upon. There was no real drama going on for the first two years that I served, but in the third year, I began noticing certain changes in the government. They were headed down a road I did not think was right, and one day, I voiced this amidst my fellows. Their dissent was met by nervous silence, with a few weak chuckles. I, however, felt that this was the end of it. I made my feelings known. Now back to business as usual. After we had adjourned and people filed out of the chamber, an old friend and mentor named Miljan approached me. ''Are you absolutely sure about the course you are pursuing?'' He asked me in a nigh conspiratorial whisper. I gave my old friend a silent nod. I have to do what my heart says is the right thing, I told him solemnly. He gave me a weak smile and gently patted me on the shoulder. I wish you all the best, he said as he walked away. Thinking nothing of it, I went about my business. Two days later, I stopped to get some groceries for my family. I was quite jovial, gathering the things my small family needed. Then, when I got to the checkout and the clerk scanned my hand nothing happened. The chip in my hand had been completely deactivated. Not only was it impossible to access my funds, it no longer acted as my ID either. It was like it completely malfunctioned. I rushed home and told my wife about what had transpired at the shop. The wonderful woman she is. She smiles at me reassuringly and comforts me. I'll go down to the shops and get the things we need and you can have them check your chip tomorrow and get it sorted. She said, kissing my cheek and heading out the door. I allowed myself to be comforted, choosing to believe my chip had simply malfunctioned. So a few minutes later, when my wife came in distraught, I knew something more was happening. Her chip, too, was completely deactivated. It was a restless night for me. I couldn't have slept more than two hours total, when I arrived at the office the next morning, I sought out Miljan and asked him what was going on. Are you still sure about that nay vote? He asked with a wicked smile. Miljan, you know I will not vote yay on anything that authorizes military force against a civilian population. Then it sounds to me like you're going to have to figure out how to explain to your daughter why she is going to starve to death. Humanity, The Righteous Harmony Perspective, Chaotic Order, by Felicia Diemen There is no god, and if there is, I hate him. I've been cast down to this rotting planet, to save a kind I feel nothing but disgust and repulsion for. I've been swimming in the air, for what feels like months, But I think it's only a few days before I reach my vessel. I circle it and try to reach out. My energy suddenly in the room causing lights to flicker. My vessel looking around as if she had a choice of the matter. There is one big mistake about angels and vessels. We don't need permission. It is rightfully ours. Our vessel is supposed to be ours. It is their only true purpose in life. They are protected until we get to them. And only then does the vessel's true reason for existence begin. The breathtaking, blazing, crimson-haired beauty looked up with her wide emerald eyes, outlined with black eyeliner styled as cat eyes, I surrounded her with a blinding light, causing her to let out a horrified scream as every bit of my essence that was floating and circling her engulfs her in what looks like blazing blue flames. Her eyes rolling back as her body is being possessed. I hear a faint whisper of a woman who I presume is her. Please, let me go my life. I worked hard for it. I couldn't help but give a small smirk inside my mind as I helped with an uncaring voice. Your life, it is nothing. This vessel is what is important. Disgusting how you don't know your place. I snarl silently. Wanting to kill this pesky parasite we call a soul, Lingering in my vessel's head, I feel my essence reach out to this very dim and yellow orb. She is anything but pure. It has been washed away of its innocence. So many times, it no longer shines as it should. I speak nonchalantly. You were here to take care of my vessel. Thank you for doing your duty. If God was real, and if he cared... He would appreciate you. My essence wrapped around this yellow orb, strangling it of any light left from this horrendous world. Humanity, The Chaos Perspective by Tom Keithley A Sensational Entrance
1: my energy flared as my being flooded the mortal's consciousness and pushed his essence far to the back of the brain we now shared deep violet flames engulfed the six-foot frame of the vessel as my vision clears i see the fading golden light from the mortal sitting mere feet from me a beautiful young woman in her late teens maybe early twenties with hair that made her look as if she had been kissed by a fire goddess who now stood giving me the iciest of glares. I gave her a lopsided smirk as I acclimate to my new body and take note of the dark, casual style of dress. Hmm, not bad. Could be worse, I suppose. I say to the girl, That's That's my my sister. sister. I heard the voice of my host echo from my subconscious. I tilted my head. Not anymore. The aura of the girl was unmistakable. It was angelic. It was also vaguely familiar. Hmm. Have we met before? I asked, curious now. The odds of this were staggering. I cracked my neck, my emerald eyes never leaving the matching gaze of the angel. Guess it doesn't much matter, does it? The real question is, why are you here? My feet slid into a defensive stance, expecting the divine being to attack without so much as a verbal acknowledgement. To my astonishment, she just returned my gaze. A hint of what I would swear was amusement glinting for the briefest instant in her eyes. But she didn't respond. I narrowed my eyes, warily expecting things to escalate at any second. Nonchalantly, she flipped her hair, and looked around the small living room of the shabby trailer we found ourselves in. My left eye twitched in frustration as she blatantly ignored me. My eyes still refused to leave her, even as she completely disregarded me like I didn't even exist. I closed the short distance and put my hand on her shoulder. The only response I got was a very, exasperated sigh.
0: And there will be a continuation of the Humanity series by both Tom Keithley and Felicia Dearman. Just around the corner. These stories were brilliant. Thank you so much Asma, Felicia Dearman and Tom Keithley for sending these stories in. Nothing quite like a haunted location. A sci-fi freakout and angel and demon storylines. Love them. Brilliant work. Now, I think this Wednesday, it's time to shake things up a little bit with maybe some let's not meets. What do you think? Let's see how we go. If you want to support the show, feel free to send me your own stories via email on storiesfablesghostlytales at gmail.com or leave an iTunes review, which lets others know about the podcast and send this podcast to your mates so you can help them fight that dreaded curse called boredom. Have a great day, my lovely listeners, or a creepy-licious night, my ghouls and ghasts, and I'll catch you Wednesday, as always, till next time.